Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. Today, there are many narratives and many voices. There is the voice of the media, the conflicting voices of those in power, voices of our peers and communities that we're involved in, voices of family, the voice of self, the voice of the evil one, and ultimately, the voice of God. The world and the evil one speak into the voice of self, the selfish self, speaking a strong sense of entitlement. That is, go on, just do it. You're entitled, because you deserve it. Or in complete contrast, you don't deserve it, because you've not earned it. This world is the complete opposite to God's kingdom and his world. The thinking of entitlement of this world is, if I'm lacking, I deserve to have. If I have, I deserve to have more. And the flesh can never be satisfied. And such concepts permeate the media, our culture, even the religious. In the time when Jesus walked the earth as a man, he encountered such a mindset. The Pharisees. Being of Jewish descent, they were the religious, a religious sect. Having been custodians of the Old Testament writings, they believed they were entitled to great wealth. They saw riches as a blessing from God and poverty as a curse from God. They connected their privileged positions with their belief to justify themselves and feed their selfish desires. They formed a theology to match their own lifestyle and their selfish desires. Each day they lived from a place of entitlement and executed prideful arrogance. Deliberately they raised themselves up to oppress others. They looked to make a name for themselves and receive the honour of men. So they considered the outward appearance must reflect their own importance by the way they dressed and paraded themselves in the public space. Then along came Jesus, the King of Glory who became the Servant King. And knowing their heart, this is what he said directly to them. Luke chapter 16 verses 19 to 21 There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now this certain rich man was very, very rich. In the ancient world, purple cloth was extremely expensive and considered to be most prestigious. This was the dress of the wealthy ruling class. His undergarments were of fine linen, also very costly, sumptuous and symbolic. 
We do not know anything else about this man. He has no name. Jesus does not refer to him by name. Yet from the world's perspective, he must have been of vast reputation, given his wealth. Was he honest or corrupt with his wealth? Did he give of his crumbs to the beggar at his gate? We do not know. We do know he was very, very rich and lived in a sumptuous way. In complete contrast, in the same luxurious environment, there was a man named Lazarus. Jesus, in telling the story, calls the beggar by name. His name means who God helps. Lazarus was an outcast of the world community, a beggar of no reputation. Yet Jesus uses his name and he has an identity. For Lazarus, the clothes of his skin were the open sores that the dogs would lick. Lazarus laid at the gate of the rich man, longing to be fed, just with the crumbs or leftover scraps from the rich man's table. According to this world, Lazarus has no place and no value. He has been cast aside as a lowly beggar because of his poor economic status. Jesus, however, honours Lazarus. He has called him by name and given him a place in his community. In Jesus' eyes, Lazarus is of great value. Jesus raises Lazarus up for all eternity. Let us continue and read how this is so. Luke Chapter 16, verses 22 to 23. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Here Jesus tells of ministering angels that carried Lazarus into the arms of Abraham. What a beautiful picture. Lazarus has been raised up to equal status to the patriarch of the Jewish nation. Lazarus has been carried into the arms of Abraham. Abraham believed God. That is, gave his allegiance to the one true God, and God accounted this act of receiving his right to rule and reign as righteousness. Remember that Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. So to them, Abraham is their father because of their Jewish bloodline. As a result, they consider themselves entitled to be with Abraham through all eternity. So the rich man also died and was buried. There is a coldness in his death. Whilst the world honours his exit with a customary burial, he enters into eternal torments in Hades. In the Jewish belief of the time and the mindset of the first hearers, Hades was a place or state of being for departed souls. 
In the New Testament, the meaning goes deeper and is the exclusive abode for the wicked. Today we know the resurrected Jesus has the keys of Hades and death. He declares in Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 to 18. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Regardless of the tribe we are born into, there is no entitlement passage into eternity. There is only one way to eternal life, and that is through the Eternal One who has the keys of Hades and death. Circumstances of this world do not determine our eternal destiny. Wealth in this life does not reflect or determine our relationship with God. Economic wealth is neither a blessing nor a curse from God. It is so important we understand this. We live in an unjust world. and This is not how God created it. He created it perfect, just, equal, and in perfect harmony with Him. It is through humanity that it became damaged by evil, unjust, unequal, and in a continual tension and conflict. Yes, this world is unjust. There is no equality. Not everyone is given equal opportunity in this world. We are not given any reason why Lazarus is poor or his lack of economic wealth is not the point of the story. As the rich man is in torment in Hades, he can see and recognize Abraham and Lazarus in the future engagement between them enables Jesus to lead the listeners to his main point. During the rich man's lifetime, he must have walked past Lazarus at his gate Every time he went in and out of his home, Lazarus must have been there. We don't know if he gave Lazarus any scraps or not, as this too is irrelevant to what Jesus is about to reveal to the Pharisees. Let us read on. Luke chapter 16, verse 24. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, Have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Interestingly, this experience in Hades has not changed the heart of the rich man. His arrogance and sense of entitlement burst forth. He still sees Lazarus as a servant who can benefit him. He doesn't engage with Lazarus directly. Instead, he cries out to Abraham. He calls him Father Abraham, reminding everyone he's Jewish. He cries out to the one he believes has the power and attempts to manipulate the situation. Verse 
He tells Abraham to send Lazarus to him, to serve his needs. The rich man does not want to come out of Hades, but he wants to be more comfortable. The rich man is now begging for Lazarus to help him, but refuses to engage with him directly. In desperation, he begs to father Abraham instead, not to let him out of Hades, but for Lazarus to come serve his needs. In his own thinking, the rich man is retaining his position of superiority and power over Lazarus. Jesus continues, Luke chapter 16, verses 25 to 26. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Abraham respects the rich man's heritage and belief, calling him son. Knowing the rich man continues to hold fast to his perceived entitlement, having put his trust in the unjust world systems and aligning himself with evil, Abraham cannot change the choice the rich man made, nor interfere with his free will. Lazarus and the rich man lived in this unjust world with unjust systems that keep the poor poor and the rich get richer. Yet with God there is no distinction between the economically rich and the economically poor, for all are equal in God's kingdom. Yet the rich man chose the world's unjust systems of inequality, and now the position is reversed. For such is the unjust world that he chose. God has placed a great divide between the ones who receive Jesus, being declared righteous by the Eternal One, and those who have rejected Jesus. Having denied their only pathway to salvation, they are condemned. Never again will pride be able to affect humanity. Lazarus remains protected. He is at rest in a place of equality and respect. And Jesus continues to reveal the main point of the story. Still in Luke chapter 16, verses 27 to 31. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. The rich man continues to try and dominate Lazarus and control the situation and even control Abraham, even from Hades. He refuses to surrender his desire for power and oppression. 
So the rich man appeals to the one he perceives to have the power. That is Abraham. The rich man attempts to get Abraham to use his power over Lazarus for the rich man's own self-gain. Oh, the deception of pride. Does he really think that Abraham has the same corrupt heart as his? The rich man is so consumed with pride and self-glorification, he is trying to use Abraham's love for him and his brothers to hold on to his power and keep Lazarus as a servant. The brothers, like the rich man, know Moses and the prophets, but chose not to believe them. Remember, Jesus is addressing this parable to the Pharisees, who know the law and the prophets, yet chose not to believe them. Abraham reveals the fullness of the truth of the rich man's heart and those Pharisees listening to Jesus. Sadly, there will be those who will continue to refuse to believe and receive their Saviour and King, those of Jewish bloodline. Even after Jesus has been crucified, after he died and rose from the dead, they hardened their own hearts and refused to believe in the text that they initially were the custodians of. Denying God, they refused to believe Moses and all the prophets who testify of Jesus. Jesus makes it very clear to the Pharisees, his disciples, and to us today. The eternity of the rich man was not determined by the fact he was rich in this life, nor what he did with his wealth. His eternity was determined by the fact he rejected God and his right to rule and reign. Giving his allegiance to evil, he did not listen to Moses nor the prophets. He refused to accept the truth in Jesus and his need for a saviour. The rich man refused to believe and receive God's only pathway of salvation, the sacrificial gift of God himself in Jesus. Let us go to Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 13. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, That is, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise his mighty name. And if you've never called on the name of the Lord, never said yes to Jesus, yes to God, now is the time. Take a moment and just call out to him. He hears and receives. Praise his mighty name. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name.